So usually I say I'm going to speak short and I speak long. So I'm going to try to say I'm going to preach long as I can today. And hopefully, you know, I will preach short. How about that? I, I don't really try to time all this. I need to get better about that because I don't believe in long preaching. But I do believe in listening to people who have something to say from the Lord. And I'm just praying that God would give me things to say all the time if I'm going to say stuff or I don't want to say. But I want to read this. I'm talking about Revelation. Okay, and this is one of the, the what I would call one of the, the beautiful verses. Here's the, the challenge of talking about a, a subject about Revelation. The challenge is this. It's the entire Bible. The whole Bible is a Bible of God revealing himself to humanity. Revealing who he is. Revealing what he's like and how he wants us to know him. So when you talk about a subject like Revelation, it's, it's where, do you, where do you start with this? How do, you, how do you make this fit into our lives? Something that is just so profound... Uh, you know, you could preach a million messages on it and still, you know, still like it's just not 100% always clear what revelation is. So, But I want to read this and then I want to give you a couple little definitions because that was one of the things that I want you to not see. Re- I want you to see revelation through, the, through how God sees revelation and how God relates to us through revelation and remove this mystique off of it. Okay, there's mystique on Revelation, but, but there's a part of, there's a mystique that's on it that should not be on it. God wants to clear, clear some things so we all can really flow in it. So I'm just jumping in the middle of this thing in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 7 through 14. I'm going to read seven verses. It says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, which none of the rules of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's just amazing. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We're not talking about heaven here. Paul was not talking about when we go to heaven. I want to just clear that up. Right? Hopefully you don't think that. But that has been a traditional thought on this. It's, oh, this is talking about when we die and go to heaven. Well, it, it could be that, right? Because there is glory in heaven that we'll, we don't know about till we get there. But he's, that's not what he's communicating here. He's communicating what God wants to reveal to us today while we live in this life on earth. Amen? Amen. So that's where I'm coming from on this. Uh, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things. Notice where it says enter into. That's very key on Revelation, where it enters. It doesn't enter into the brain of man, it enters to the heart of man. Uh, <clears throat> so this has got a lot in it, so I can't really say all of it. That God is, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, everybody say but God, has revealed, everybody say revealed. He revealed them to us through his spirit. Paul gives us the absolute right there, the absolute secret to revelation, how revelation comes. It comes through the Holy Spirit, vital piece of information there. For the spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. Everybody in this room has deep thoughts in their life, right? You got some thoughts that you don't talk to anybody else about. Even your closest spouse, right? I know you do. I know because I got thoughts I don't talk to anybody about. 
Only me and God talk about them. They're the, that's what I call the deep things. Those are the, the, the things that I dare not say. Those are the things I dare not say to any human being, but I can say to God, these are, these are these deep feelings in my heart. These are these deep dreams in my heart. God, what do you think about that? And it's, that's, talks, the deep things about God talks about an intimacy and a closeness with God. Deep calls to deep. So, I mean, this thing can go on, you know, forever. Okay? Um, where was I? Okay, verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, listen, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. No one. No one knows except the Holy Ghost. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God. Listen. That what? We might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That we might know. Here, here's Paul saying, hey, you, don't, you want to know one of the primary reasons he's given you the Holy Spirit? That you might know something. That you might know something. Something that's profound. Something that will affect every part. He's not talking about salvation. He's not talking, you know, you can include that. But he's talking about something that can affect every part of your life. He's not talking about just something spiritual. He's talking about something that affects your wife, your kids, your job, your finances, your time. Every area of your life that you can know some things that are meant to, to totally transform and totally impact everything that's going on in your life. That's what revelation does. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely. I'm sorry I keep reading that because I keep losing my face. Place, my face. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, you know, I'm lost face, okay? <laughs> These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but listen, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. They can't. That's what he says. For they are foolishness to him. They're foolishness. So, so that's telling us a lot about revelation. On a natural plane, it can be very, very foolish looking and very foolish sounding. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I'm going to stop right there. So here, let me help you just to make sure we're all together here. About, I want to give you a definition of revelation because I think a lot of people struggle with this. And this comes from the shorter Oxford English Dictionary, which is an amazing dictionary. It's the shorter one. It's the dumbed-down version for people like me, not the big one for geniuses. And, and it's a very biblical definition. It says, Revelation, the definition of Revelation is the disclosure, disclosure of knowledge to man by a divine or supernatural agency. The disclosure of knowledge... That's one. The second definition is something disclosed or made known by divine or supernatural means. Y'all got that? that that's that's a, an amazing biblical revelation. So revelation is not the kind of knowledge you and I can figure out with our brains. It's not something we can get by doing anything. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's not something we work towards. It's not something we study about. We can study the Bible to, to our fingers fall off. But we'll never, we'll never get revelation. Revelation is simply this. It's information. It's something. It's knowledge that somebody that, that's supernatural has to tell us. That's what revelation is. It's information that we cannot know apart from some supernatural thing like the Holy Spirit for us 
reveals it to us and tells it to us. That's simply what revelation is in the Bible. It is something that God tells us. God originally told men about himself. Okay, so one, one thing you're going to find about Revelation, Revelation is not us trying to find God. It's, God. it's God revealing himself and letting us know that he's found us. That's how Revelation really is. God's found us. We don't find God. We don't find Revelation. Revelation finds us. Are y'all following this? I, I'm hoping it's helping you because I want to make it really, really, really dumb. And I mean, for the dumb. And I'm talking about myself because I need help. So God reveals himself to man. He reveals his ways to man. Okay? And the more that we know God, the way God reveals himself, because let me tell you this little secret. When God reveals himself to you, he reveals himself the way he wants you to know him at that moment in time. Not the way you think you should know him or not the way you even want to know him. It's the way he wants you to know him. So it takes a certain amount of bowing and humility for us to really receive revelation. You know, Joshua and Joshua 6 became, saw the captain of the Lord's army out there, did not know who he was because he had always known God in a different way with Moses. Are y'all following this? And so he came to him and Joshua asked the question, are you for us or against us? And the, and the Lord said, no, neither. I'm not for or against nothing. It's, I come as the captain of the Lord's army. And Joshua fell on his knees and because suddenly he was seeing the Lord like he had never seen him before. And why did the Lord reveal himself like that to Joshua? Because Israel was entering into warfare. In the desert, God was revealing himself in the awesome presence of the Lord, being in the presence of the Lord. He learning to hear the voice of the Lord. That's how Joshua knew him. Suddenly it's not about that, it's about war. He comes as a soldier to him. Y'all following that? That's really important, this whole thing. And so as we begin to see God as he wants us to see him and know God, guess what happens to us? We begin to know ourselves. We begin to find out who we really are. And we begin to find out what's really important to God for us and for our lives. So really, this, the, the, about receiving revelation, receiving God as he reveals himself... Is, is like the foundation for knowing and doing the will of God. Many times we're asking God, show me what your will is about this, and here's what he's saying. Uh, you know, what you need to know, show for me to pray that I would, you would see me as I am right now. And, and that, know, the will of God, the purposes of God for your life at that moment will be an outflow of what God's, how God's revealing himself. Did that make sense? And so that's really a better way of approaching God when you're trying to find out what you're supposed to do with your life or if you're supposed to, you know, date this person, if you're a single person, you know, all these different questions. Like, should I take this job or that job? Instead of asking God those questions, ask God, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Let me see who you are right now. Let me see what you're doing, your ways that you want me to see. And in, in, in that, you'll know about that person, you know, not, that's not the right person for you. Are y'all following this? So, you know, that's really important. Uh, that was my first two points. Woo, Lord, help me. I hope y'all follow this. So, so that was my kind of a, a explanation of what revelation is. Are y'all, does that say, I don't want, I want to demystify revelation. 
I want to take, like I said, I want to, I want to get some of this mystic stuff off of it. God, I love mysticism. I'm like, oh, I wish I could be a mystic. And the Lord says, you know what? You can be mystical, but you don't need to be a mystic. You need to be, you need to be a normal Christian. That's what you need to be. Quit trying to be something. Just be a normal Christian according to what the Scripture says a normal Christian is. You know how freeing that is? For people, people, oh, I want to be this, I want to be this. Just be a normal Christian according to what the Bible teaches normal Christianity to be. And that just takes pressure off of you. And so I just lo- love all that mystical, you know, stuff and will always love it. It's like my spiritual hobby. But the, at the end of the day, I'm just a, a normal guy following Jesus Christ. And, and, and trying to have a relationship with him and trying to live my life out in a way that gives him honor and blessings. Are y'all following that? That's, that's really what he's called us to do. So, you know, one of the great things for me is, um, is having this experience with prophets in my life that God ordained for me to have. And, and I look back on my life, how impacting that was. And, you know, the one particular prophet was Bob Jones, which some people read stuff about Bob Jones on the Internet, and they read stuff, and it's bad. But, you know, I can promise you, you know, I, know, I knew that guy real well. He was an amazing guy spiritually and character-wise. Um, but this is one thing he told me uh, when I first started getting to really know him. He said, Byron, the only difference between me and you is I've been doing this for 40 years. And I said, no, it's not, Bob. It's not true. <laughs> That's not the only difference. You've got such a, a much greater gifting than I, I'll ever have. He said, no, it's not true. This is what he was telling me. You have, you have the potential in you to walk in revelation. Everybody has that potential. You have to own that. You have to take possession of that yourself. That's what he was trying to teach is you take possession of the revelation that God has given you, and you begin to move in that. And when you do that, you'll become who you're supposed to be. You won't become another Bob Jones. That was not the point. The point is is becoming who God called you to be and live out the revelation that he's given you. Are y'all following that? And so, I mean, that was really has become like an impact in more than my life when it comes to, you know, demystifying revelation is each of all of us have revelation. All of us have this potential in us to, to walk in revelation in an ongoing basis. And we should. We all should be doing this. So, um, I wanted to tell you how, like, Revelation 101, okay? Now, I'm sort of shifting gears here. Revelation 1, you know, like math 101 in the college is like the basic stuff, right? Like This is like everybody has to do math 101 before you do math 102 or whatever, however they number it. So I, I feel like the Lord has taught me a lot about, about Revelation. And so first is this. There's two things that the Bible says about how everybody on this earth, everybody on this earth is, are, have already been invited into Revelation, there's not one human being who's ever lived that God has not already invited them to come into this realm of revelation. Okay, and this is what it's this right here. Psalm 19, 1 through 4. The heavens declare, declare or reveal the glory of God. 
and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech. In other words, creation is speaking all the time. Creation is speaking all the time. And night into night reveals knowledge. Revelation knowledge. The night reveals it. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. That's, that's what the Bible's saying. The Bible's declaring that the night skies, the morning skies, the midday skies, everything you're seeing around is saying something. It's declaring something. It's declaring that there is a God, and there's a God that's available. There's a God that we can know, and there's a God that we can learn about. You've heard people say, when I'm in nature, I feel closer to God. Anybody ever heard somebody say that that weren't even believers? Well, it's what they're picking up on is this anointing right here. And it's always an invitation to a person like that. Let me, let me go on and finish reading that. Uh, their line has gone out throughout all the words, earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. He's talking about creation and on and on. Paul in, in 1 Corinthians or Romans one twenty said this. For since the creation of the world, listen, his invisible attributes are clearly, clearly seen. Clearly seen. The invisible attributes of God are seen by all humanity. Okay, being understood by the things that are made, even his internal power and Godhead, so that they are right. And then he goes on. He goes off. I don't want to go off on what he went off. It's pretty cool, though. So what Paul was trying to tell us, what the psalmist was trying to tell us, God has already revealed himself. God has already shown himself, even his power, even who he is as over all creation. God has given all humanity that invitation into revelation. But here's what the problem is. Here's the problem with that. All that will do is we'll let you know about God. You cannot know God just through creation. You see what I'm saying? That's not the purpose of that. The purpose of that is like this invitation. Hey, I want to introduce you to this God. And he's revealed himself. I want you to see how he's revealed himself. And hopefully you will bite on that and take the next step. There is a next step. But let me just do this, show you this other thing that's really cool. In the, in the uh, New Testament, there's this thing called Parables. Okay, now most, a lot of people think Jesus told parables so people could get it, right? But actually he said, I, that is not the reason I'm giving parables to people. I'm not get, giving parables so people will get it, like illustrations, stories that you could relate to. Listen to what he said in uh, Matthew 13, 10 through 11. He'd given them the parable of the sower. And so they came to him after he'd given this parable and the disciples said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? That was a question. And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. Did y'all get that? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, it's been given to them, to you to know, but them not to know. Well, how's, what is that about, Lord? Well, see, parables were just like, are just like creation. Okay, they tell us something about God. Like the parable of the sower tells us how God's word and our hearts interact with each other. That's, that's what it teaches us. It teaches that there's an interaction in your heart. Right this moment, there's an interaction going on in your heart. It's either you're receiving something or it's just hitting a hard, hard ground. 
And so that's what these parables were about. This tell you something about God or about the way his kingdom works. And Jesus was saying, listen, these people, all they're hearing is something about me. They have no interest in knowing me. They have not decided they want to take the next step. They, they want to know all about God. In other words, they want to know the five steps to spiritual success or the five steps to financial blessings or the five steps to being a good Christian mother. That's sort of, sort of what it was. Those are um, amazing things, obviously. Are you all following me on this? Because this is important. Because this is how God works. This is how he, he, he baits us in, into, into revelation. Is by giving us, showing us something. And if we have a heart not just to know about God, but if we really have a, a heart, I want to know the Lord, I want to have a relationship with the Lord, I'm giving myself to God, then that opens up the door for you to enter into real revelation. Not just about. That, that's what this is all about. That's what parables are all about. That's what creation is all about. To get humanity to see something and their interest would be piked and say, Oh, I gotta know this God. I've got to have a relationship with this God. And when you have that, then the, the heavenly realm will begin to open to you. Y'all following this? I mean, this is this is the way this thing works. Listen to what in verse 9 of that first Corinthians 2. Paul, when he said, eye has not heard, nor ear has heard, or eye has not seen, or ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has what prepared for who? Who did he say? For those who love him. For those who love him. Not for those who want to follow God from afar. But for those, I'm just being real. This is what the Bible teaches. For those who love him, those who want to have this thing with God, then he has prepared things and he can begin to release those things into our hearts. But if our interest in God is, is not that, if our interest in God is not God becoming the center of our life, but just our interest is God doing for us what we want him to do, then that you'll never be able to enter into revelation. You'll never begin to flow in the revelation you have. Are y'all good with this? Because y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all are just looking at me like, oh, this is boring. What does, it, what does this have to do? This has everything. Let me tell you what happens for people who flow in Revelation. Okay? There's going to be days, there's going to be seasons when you don't flow in Revelation. There's, there's going to be seasons when heaven gets quiet. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about when you're doing bad. To cause it to get quiet. I'm talking about when God decides we're going to be, we're going to go in, we're going to have quiet time. We're going to play the quiet game for a while. Like, you know, I always trying to get my grandkids to say, hey, let's play the quiet game. Of course they don't. So God says, we're going to play the quiet game for a while, Byron. Like, oh, no, don't, I don't want to play the quiet game. No, I don't want to just go to sleep and wake up in the morning and be blank. You know, I don't, I don't like that game. Nobody likes a quiet game, but it happens. And I'm telling you, the higher you go in Revelation, the more you'll have to experience that. So one of the little things that I've learned to help me when I'm in those quiet games with God is I go back to creation. I go back to parables. I go back to illustrations to help me find my way back to hearing God's heart again. 
It's like the basketball team who's not doing good, and the coach says, obviously, we're not bouncing the ball very good because people are taking it from us. Let's go back and practice bouncing the basketball. It's, it's like the basic thing. And so if you really want to really begin to tap into Revelation, you start with the basic thing, and you get good at the basic thing. You get good at paying attention to, to the world around you. You get good at looking at stars. You get good at thinking, you know, when there's a big old moon. You get good at all that because you know it's saying something. You know it's communicating something. And it makes you like, oh, I want to know what it's saying. I want to get behind all of that. Amen? Well, goody for y'all. <laughs> All right, I still got a couple minutes. I told you I was preaching short. Here's a really important thing I've learned the very difficult and hard way. It's about honor. Here's the way I look at it. Honor keeps the door of revelation open in your life, okay? So one of the things that those people, Jesus, a lot of times Jesus was telling people stuff, and they weren't getting it. Why were they not getting it? He said it. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They did not, they would honor Jesus as a teacher. Most of the people in Jesus' day honored him as a teacher, right? They honored him as a healer. They honored him as a prophet. But there was very few people that would honor him as being God's son. They thought that was blasphemy. But Jesus said he was God's son. So they didn't honor who Jesus said he was. And therefore, because they didn't honor who Jesus said he was, it cut them off. Right? Now, we would all say, oh, we totally honor Jesus as the Son of God. There's no question. Jesus is God. He's the firstborn Son. He's the amazing. He's the Lord over all creation. We would say that from our hearts. Okay? So that's not really the point for us. The point is this other person of the Trinity that we dishonor called the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because he's the one who now gives revelation. We just read that. That's how God gives revelation. It's through his spirit, right? And so we, our problem today is not dishonoring Jesus. It's dishonoring the Holy Spirit. And the church is full of We have a, a whole movement that totally honors the Holy Spirit with their mouth. But let the Holy Spirit show up one day. Let him show up and, and disrupt the status quo. And you're going to find out who really honors the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. You will find out when God does something that offends your brain, that offends your religious honesty, you're going to find out how much you're going to honor the Holy Spirit. I have watched people get up and walk out of meetings where the Holy Spirit was moving powerfully. Now, it was ugly what he was doing. It, to your natural mind, it was ugly. It was disjointed. It was a mess. And he created a mess. When the Holy Spirit moves, he creates a mess. You know, but the Bible says where there's no oxen, the stall is clean. But by the oxen, it's much increase. We had to decide one time about the messes. I always tell people, well, I've told people, like, listen, they were talking about the mess that the Lord does when he moves. It's always a mess. And then it's over. This is a big mess. But you got two choices. You can have his mess or you can have your mess. His mess produces fruit. Our mess produces more trouble. And so you have to have this commitment to the Holy Spirit. Whatever you do, I'm in. I might not understand it. I don't even have to like it. I'm just in. I'll close my eyes if I have to until you make me like it. At some point, if you stick with the Holy Spirit long enough, you'll start liking what he does. You'll start loving what he does. You will be sad when he's not doing it. You'll be lost when he's not doing it. You know what I'm saying? And so God's wanting 
that's what Jesus, this whole honor thing. Jesus went to his hometown, remember? Went to his hometown, okay? Did a bunch of, you know, preaching, you know, read these things. And they were, it says they were offended. Oh, we know this guy. We know this guy. No, they didn't. They knew him after the flesh. They knew him what their eyes told them. They didn't know him what their heart told them. And you know what the Bible, the sad commentary is? He couldn't do many miracles there. Jesus couldn't do many miracles. Is that crazy? Now, he could have overridden that and did all he wanted to, but he chose to submit himself to the realm of belief in people's hearts. Are you okay? Yeah. So, um, let me just say this. Here's, here's where I'm going to really get you. Because <laughs> there's one thing, you know, we can really get that with the Holy Spirit. I think most of us will, or, you know, if we, if we can finally believe this is the Holy Spirit and not get up and walk out, you know, okay, I'm just going to ride it out for a while. I know somewhere along the line it's going to be good. Right now I don't feel good, Lord. Gosh, Lord, are we fools? You know, you know, no, you're not fools. It's your natural mind telling you that. Trust the anointing. Trust. See, here's what you do. Let me tell you this. Here's the secret. You have this anointing inside of you. It will always witness to what's outside of you. Let that thing in there tell you. Listen to that little voice inside of you. The Spirit of God. The peace of God. The still small. The anointing. And when you do that, you can line up with what he's doing out here. Whether, whether it's, it's exotic or, or hidden. You'll always be able to line up with it because this in here will never go against what he's doing out here. This is the most important anointing that anybody has is what's in them. The anointing out here is not as important as anointing in here. That's, if, if, all, if the anointing out here was the most important thing, we would trans- put ourselves back in the Old Testament. That was the anointing out there where it was the most important. But when Jesus came, the Holy Spirit came, he moved inside of us. And so that's what's the important anointing is what's in here so you can figure out what's going on out here as being him or not. Are y'all following that? Well, here's a really cool one. I'm going to finish. <laughs> uh, Matthew 10. He who receives he who receives you receives me. Boy, that's a big statement, right? That's a very dangerous statement. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. That's the Father. This is a big deal. Who's these me guys? Uh, you guys in here. Hey, am I one of the, the yous, Lord? Uh, he who receives, listen, he explains it. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Do you know what a prophet's reward is? Anybody ever thought about what is the world's a prophet's reward? Well, here's a prophet's reward. What do prophets do? They prophesy things. Right? That's the job of a prophet. They speak for things. Their reward is seeing those things come to pass. Seeing the promises of God come to pass. Seeing the, seeing the prophetic word come to pass over people. So what Jesus was saying, if you'll receive this person as a prophet who they really are, then you can receive the reward of all the promises, all the prophetic words that have been over your life. That will be your reward. That's what that means. And then he says, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Don't ever reject a prophet, a true prophet. Don't. Kiss their feet if you have to to receive them. But receive it because you know what? Something's going to happen in your life. Something will happen if you'll receive a true prophet. You will start getting answers to prayer. Your promises, the things that you've wanted to see happen will start happening in your life. 
That's what it says right there. And then he says, he who receives a righteous man in the name of righteousness shall receive a righteous man's reward. A righteous man. What is a righteous man's reward? Well, here's one. Psalm 512. The Lord blesses the righteous and surrounds them with favor like a shield. See, if a righteous person, I'm not a righteous man, a man who's righteous in Christ, if we'll receive them as that, then we can receive the favor on their life. We can receive the blessings. There's this overflow thing that God wants to release to people. But because we dishonor each other and dishonor the people who God puts in our life and sends to our life, we are cutting ourselves off from the blessings that they carry for us. We're cutting ourselves. And you know, one of the hardest things to do, it would be easy to receive a prophet from Spartanburg, South Carolina, to come to us, Right? But are we going to receive Aaron Kramer as a prophet? It's the people right around you like they did with Jesus. Jesus says, a prophet has no honor. His hometown, they reject him and they cut off. Are y'all following this? And see, that's one of the hard things for us. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let's, let's really get it down in, in the dirty of your life. The grime of your life. When you are... Looking at other people and saying, well, God gave him a wife. Why ain't God gave me a wife? Not fair. Not fair. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had resentment? Have you ever had jealousy over what, how God had blessed somebody else? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, heck, who hadn't, right? Y'all, ain't, y'all tell the truth. Tell us tell the truth in this morning. This we've all resented God's blessing on other people. We've all resented God's blessing on other ministries if we're doing ministry. We've resented it. And we found fault with it. We found fault with that person who was being blessed. Why? Because it made us feel, it made us feel an indictment on ourselves. We felt indicted by God. For our lack, we didn't do something, or we're not good enough, or we're not loved, or we're not special. That's, that's how this thing works. Are y'all getting this? So there's this invitation from the, from the Lord into, into revelation through this person, God's blessing. But you're, but you're taking it as an indictment from the Lord. Because you're not, you don't have it. You see, it because you're dishonoring them. See, the devil's clever. He's trying to cut you off from blessing. He's trying to cut you off. From, yeah, from encouragement from people who, they're carrying an overflow on their life. A righteous man's carrying an overflow for other people. A prophet's carrying an overflow. So see, when we really want to begin to walk in revelation, we've got we to gotta quit finding fault with people. I mean, I know this sounds simple. This ain't pro- profoundly spiritual. This is simple every day, but I can promise you, when you start being resented, resentment, and, or jealousy, or critical, you are cutting yourself off from that revelation flow in your life. You know, in, in other words, God ain't saying play the quiet game. He's just saying you can't hear me because you've plugged your ears with noise that shouldn't be in your ear. I'm telling you, I know by personal experience that this works uh, in the negative what I'm telling you because I've had this struggle in my life. I've had this struggle when I felt, when I was going through hard times of resenting anything I would hear that God was doing. I would resent it. Because it made me feel bad about myself. It was like rubbing salt in my wounds. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, that's the way it felt to me. And so I began to find fault with what God was, not with maybe what God was doing, but with the people he was doing it with. Well, you know, that ain't right what they're doing. And, or, you know, that's not right how they're doing that. And they're just making money off of that. And, you know, it's tragic what's going on in Christianity right now. You know, they had them big fires out in California. And some people from different strings, of, you know, that's where Bill Johnson's church at. And, you know, he's a controversial guy in a lot of people's eyes. Some people were saying they hope their church building burned down. Is that tragic for somebody? Oh, well, because they're doing deception. And it's like, come on. Even if they were, you know, should we be thinking that way? Does that not expose hearts? You know, that's how far people can get away from the Lord. You know, when we have this resentment thing, this jealousy thing. Oh, and I just hear it all the time out of people. I've heard it in my mouth. I've heard it in my thoughts. And, and so the Lord began to speak to me. Um, <laughs> there was this one particular church in town. It's a, it's a, a denominational church, but has, this church has an amazing blessing on it. And I resented it when I was in my bad state. I was feeling resentment, and the Lord started talking to me about that. He said, every day you drive by that church and you resent it, you have just shut yourself off for that day for what I wanted to reveal to you. That's what he said to me. And I started getting that after a while. Like, oh, dang, I'm my own worst enemy. And I began to ask the Lord, Lord, I need to see your perspective about this instead of my perspective. I need to begin to see what you're seeing. And when God began to start seeing that church the way he was seeing, I started getting glad about it. I started getting happy about it. You know, instead of resenting because I felt wounded and hurt in my own heart about what God wasn't doing in my life. Woo, mercy, Lord. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Please say yes. <laughs> Here's what the Lord told me. Uh, I wanted to read this to you because I was really struggling one time, and I wrote this down. This is what he said to me. When we honor the revelation, or when you honor, He's talking to me. I put it back the way. I put we in it just to kind of get y'all in with me. (laughs) When you honor the revelation carried by another person in Christ, you can tap into the wisdom which has been deposited in them. Isn't that cool? That's what he told me. When you honor the revelation of another person in Christ, you can tap into the wisdom deposited in them. And that's when I started seeing this scripture about the prophet and the righteous man. It's when I began to give honor to other people and what God's done in their life and what they're carrying, then I can tap into that wisdom. Here's the, uh, another big thing that Bob Jones taught me. Now, this is true for years. Bob Jones, if a four-year-old said, hey, God showed me this, he would get just, he would stop everything he's doing and focus on that four-year-old. Okay, over and over. And you know, I said, Bob, I know you do that. You've been doing it forever. He said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who God reveals to them. Everything that God reveals is important. So I honor everything that God, every person that God reveals to them. I give honor to that. I give space to that in my life. Everybody except me. Because I told them, like, well, come on, Bob, I gave you that revelation re- recently, and you gave me another scripture. He said, yeah, but this is what. I said, Bob, the Lord's been speaking to me, uh, Galatians 2.20. He said, that's awesome, but really what God's really saying now is Ephesians 2.20. I just reminded him of that. Remember when he said that, Becky? <laughs> he had a way of getting you, right? All righty.
So, so let me just say this. 101, nature, creation. That's where you start with Revelation. You start with the creator. You start with parables. You start with stories that illustrate what God's like. Okay? That's to reveal things about God, about who he is, about his nature. That's meant to attract you. If God sees that attraction in your heart, then you get the other invitation, and that's the invitation to really connect in spiritually and begin to get stuff from the Lord spiritually, where God begins to reveal knowledge to you, problems, okay, problems that you have in your life. God can reveal answers to you. Mar- marital problems. Marital problems. God has answers for marital problems. He can reveal things. I can beckon, I can testify to that. When we were young and married, like most young married people, we were about to kill each other. You know, and God, and we never actually went to a counselor, but there was times where God would keep us up half the night counseling us together, speaking to us about how to treat each other. That was, that was knowledge from heaven that we didn't, we didn't know because we were too young and, and dumb to know. But God knew. Work. Problems at work. God, when I was an engineer, God gave me knowledge from heaven on in complex engineering problems that I could not figure out on my own. But, but I would pray and ask him, Lord, I've, I've done everything I know to do. And I would have a dream or God would just start speaking to me and I would find myself speaking out the answer to the problem. That, you see what I'm saying? I'm not talking about just, just getting caught up. I'm talking about in your life what revelation can do for you. But, so, but when we begin to be dishonorable, it's going gonna, it's gonna to chop it. It's going to cut it off. It's going to cause you to lose some things and begin to miss some things. And I'm going to tell you something. Okay? You know, when we, are, when we feel, when there's this feeling of disconnect or there really is a disconnect between us and God for whatever reason it is, stuff that God has maybe have revealed to you and shown you seem foolish to you. Because you're stuck in your natural mind. And suddenly you can't connect spiritually. You can't connect with your heart. And you're looking at it with your brain. And your brain's saying, that's just dumb, man. How can that be right? You know? But when God spoke it to you, your heart was saying, it's alive. It's yes. Have y'all had that experience? And so that's a way of knowing well, anyway, I'm going to stop. Somebody help. <laughs> Y'all, Lord, help. Help us, you know. Help us, one, to honor the Holy Spirit, okay? Help us be committed to honoring the Holy Spirit, not just with our mouth but with our hearts, okay? That's, that's the first and, and most important thing because Holy, the Holy Spirit really is the one who releases revelation to us. He searches out the things of the Lord and he releases them to us. That's his job. It's one of his big jobs to bring us into his glorious presence. That's what Paul said. He says, for your glory. Revelation is for your glory. Okay, and number two, number two, let's, let's really look at this thing in our life where, where we're dishonoring. Let's ask the Lord to show us when we, when, when we are being dishonoring and ask the Lord to show us if you have a place in your life where you've been dishonorable.
okay, that you've dishonored someone. Even It may just be in your heart you've dishonored them. But let's ask the Lord to show us those things so we can, we can, we can make them right with God and ourselves. Our conscience can get cleared. Doesn't mean you got to go and, you know, sit in their laps, you know, and kiss on them, you know. Doesn't mean any of that, but it means between you and God, you can get this thing clear out of your life, and it's not tying you up. It's like a knot that's tying you up spiritually, you know. Let's ask the Lord to show us that, and let's ask the Lord to show us, to give us this heart to be able to receive the people, the people around us, the people God sends to us, and the people around us that God's put in our life to, to make sure we're honoring who they are and what they're bringing to us, whether we see it or not. But let's make sure we keep an honoring attitude towards, towards one another. And so, Lord, we're asking you to do all that, Lord. We're thanking you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.